0: So, well, let's turn to the book of Ruth. Um, uh, it's, it's a, it, you, you might have already read this story, you watched a film, um, uh, you know, just a drama or something, somehow, somewhere, come across uh, uh, about the book of Ruth. My attempt is to preach from whole uh, book of Ruth. Uh, so that means I'll be finishing by half past two, you know, so, and uh, I'll wait till the sunshine come, you know, so that means you can go now, you know, so, uh, so if you want to go quickly, pray for sunshine, uh, so I'll finish quickly. So, uh, let's see how things go. It's an amazing story, a story of, uh, redemption, a story of, uh, uh, that you can see romance there, uh, you can see, uh, brokenness, Uh, death. Uh, you can see famine, food, family, lots of things packed in one book, and this is happening in between or you know, at the time of judges were ruling. So, in you know, order to understand that, we need to read uh, book of uh, uh, the book of Ruth, chapter one <clears throat> and uh, verse one. In the days when the judges ruled. There was a famine in the land, and a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in a country of Moab. That's the scene. That's the first verse. So, you know, to understand what happened at the time of Judges, you need to read, or if you want to summarize the book of Judges, let's go to the book of Judges, chapter 21. You don't attend just about there, uh, 21 verse 25. That last one verse will tell you, in those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as he saw fit. That is book of Judges. It's a great commentary, you know, you don't need to do any research. You know, if you want to come to a conclusion, what is the one verse to conclude the book of Judges? That is chapter twenty-one, verse twenty-one. In those days, Israel had no king; everyone did as he saw fit. We think this happened like a one hundred, like a BC time, Uh, hundreds of years ago. This happened, but when we come back to our generation, things are similar like that. You know, so uh, uh, people are doing what are they please in especially this week is a, uh, i don't want to be controversial know, lots of celebration going on about celebrating lots of stuff and people coming on tv and saying uh, okay do whatever you want do whatever you please. us. doesn't matter you know just to celebrate who you are you know doesn't don't worry you know we we have the freedom so actually the freedom doesn't mean that Doing whatever you want, you know, it's the real freedom actually coming through knowing God and following what He is asking us to do. That's the real freedom. So at that time, they did as so fit. That's the context. And because of the famine, there's a little family, there's lots of people involved, they decided to move from Bethlehem to, uh, to, to Moab. In days, In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man of Bethlehem, the Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab with his wife and his uh, two sons. If you, I think I need to go to some of the PowerPoints, so it might be quite helpful. Oh, Kim, you can click also, you know, if it's not working. Yeah, so in the book of Judges, what is actually happening? This is what happening. The people turned from God, and in chapter 3 verse 8, God judged them by delivering people to their enemies, to to, to bring their attention back to God. It's not because God was so, you know, just like a so cruel kind of thing. Actually, the real protection was when you were walking with God. But when people turned away from God automatically, like Dan was preaching last Sunday, you know. So you are coming out from the orbit. You are coming out from God's security and safety. Things are not going to go well in relationship, in life, in finance, in every area of your life, you know, because outside God's uh, protection, things are going to be messy. So what happens? They were delivered to the, to the enemies. The, the people turn back to God, then they, they're crying, God, deliver us. We are in a such a mess, you know, so deliver us. We want to come back to you. We know that you, you have the total security. Then God sent a judge to rule like a Gideon. Someone will come and they, they brought the deliverance to the people and they, they enjoy the peace and the period of peace under, under judges. What happened again? Then turn away from God. This is the circle, turn away from God and uh, uh, the messy life, turning back to God to cry. God is sending judges and they are enjoying the peace, turning away from God, you know. So this is the circle happening in the book of judges. That's the context Ruth and Naomi and uh, all these people are, are, are experiencing this famine. Let's go to the uh, next slide. So Elimelech called his uh, God is King, that's the name of the meaning of uh, his, uh, his name, Elimelech, uh, God is king. Actually, there was no king at that time. No one to rule, but his name is God is king. What is the meaning of Naomi? The lovable, my delight. But the story is not that lovable. It is full of misery and death and famine, lots of calamities. That's the story. And there are two sons there, Mahlon and Kilion. And there is a famine. Bethlehem is called the, bread, the house of bread, but there is no bread there. House of bread, there is no bread. That's why they are moving to the place of Moab. Such a great place to go. Not at all. It's like a posh area of Mumbai. You are moving to the slum area. So if I use India, you won't be offended. So that's why I'm using India. If I use, from Sheffield, you're moving to, you know, so I will be in trouble, you know. So I will, I will stick with India, you know. So I can say anything about India, you won't be offended because I'm the only one, oh, CJ is here probably. So we have an agreement to do anything to do with India. So they, 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 they moved the posh place of Mumbai to the slum area because of the famine, you know, because of the circumstances, they are moving to Moab. If you read the book of Genesis chapter 19, the story of Moab is not that great. It is a tragic, very ugly, messy story. How Moabite came to 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 the history, you know. It is actually a, a, it's, a, it's an ungodly relationship of uh, um, um, Lot with the, his daughter, and that's the way the the Moabite group come out. So an Israelite person, a person from Bethlehem moving to Moab. Goodness me, is better to die. Are you going there? It's better to die here. Yes, here is famine. Man, it's better to die here rather than going to Moab. But they decided to uh, to, to go to that land. In Numbers 25, more tragic story of Moab. You can read that one. You can read when you get time. So, uh, Moabite women, you know, seduced to have sexual relationship with the Israelite men, you know, the anger of God. And they start worshipping idols and they start following these kind of idols. What happened? God killed 24,000 men overnight. It's a tragic story, you know. The moment people hear Moabite women, ooh, people are scared. People, they don't have much sympathy or excitement to go to the land. But there is a family. Because of the famine, they are moving from the house of bread. There is no bread there. They are moving from Bethlehem to Moab because of the circumstances. What is happening there? In chapter 1, you can see that. Ruth's husband, uh, in chapter 3. Now, Elimelech, Nebumi's husband. Naomi's husband died, and she was left with the two sons, and they married Moabite women. Goodness me, things are getting more complicated. This is like men now marrying two Moabite uh, women. One is called Orpha, and the other one is called uh, uh, Ruth. Ten years they lived together, and sadly, they didn't have any children. In Israel, you need to understand the context. This is happening years back, years, years back, in hundreds and thousands of years back. At that time, not having children is not just uh, having a cuddly feet or kind of things. It's actually not you. You are not having an heir to continue your family heritage. That's the story. It's not about the cuddliness or the cuteness or nothing to do with that one. You you need a child to maintain your family name. Otherwise, full stop, gone. So without children living in that generation is such a shame. So that's the time they died. Mahalon and Kilion died without giving any, any, any child to their wives. This is a tragic story. So death is happening there. Mahalon and Kilion, he died in 10 years time. And there is no family, and there is childlessness, and they are completely lost in a land they are completely alien to, alien to them. That's that's the more they are in now. So that's the scene of Ruth chapter one. But there is a glimpse of hope happening in in the book of Ruth at the end when you read. In between, there is a conversation happening between Ruth and uh, Naomi and uh, Orpha, you know, so because now husband, he's passed away, Elimelech is gone, two sons gone, what is the point I'm staying here? I don't have anyone here. It's better to go back to Bethlehem. So she has, she had a chat with her, uh, um, uh, daughter-in-law, and they're having a chat, you know, so she tried to convince Naomi's having a chat with them and saying, daughters, dear daughter, look at that. My husband passed away. My son's daughter passed away. And you are from, uh, Moab, you're from mob. It's better that you guys stay here. You might find a husband from here. There is no point in clinging to me. There is no point in having a relationship with me. So let me go back to, 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 to Bethlehem. I'm happy to bear the shame and everything what is coming from there. It's better you to stay with your mother's house, you know, so stay there. They're trying to convince, but Ruth decided to follow uh, Naomi. The word used there, she clinged to her. The same word in the book of Genesis, you know, when you leave your uh, father and mother, you will cling to your husband. So the same word she you know. So she, she decided to stay with uh, the Naomi. I don't know what is the reason. Is it because uh, she loved Naomi? Or because she decided to follow the God of Israel? I don't know. Could be one of the reasons she experienced the love of God. Or somehow she came to know about the God of Israel. She thought it's better to follow Naomi. They worship God of Israel. That's the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So could be one of the reasons she decided to follow her, this is a scene they they are coming back to Bethlehem I don't know in 21st century in 2017, it's really difficult to understand what actually happened there maybe in Indian context I might be able to understand a bit more because still caste system is huge there there is a big division between people living in slum and People living in posh land. There is a big division between people from lower caste coming to an upper class area. There is a big thing there. Here is a class thing out there. Now, uh, for example, if you are married to, to someone. I can use my brother's example. He, he, he married to, uh, to a Christian. But she, come from a, she, she is from a uh, lower caste Hindu background. She came to know Jesus. What happened? Her family completely kicked her out. Even my family was not happy <laughs> about that, you know. So even though they were Christians, you know, so even my mom and dad didn't come for the wedding. So we, I was there in their stand. You can understand the tension. And uh, last week only, two weeks back only, after five years they have married together. First time they allowed back into to to, to my, uh, my 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 uh, you know, just like her name is Vidya, Vidya's house, you know, because it's such a shame you married a Christian. For us, you married a lower caste Hindu woman, even though she's a Christian. It's a humiliation for us, you know. It took four years to welcome back. Even things are getting better, you know. So if I've used my example, like I said, India, you won't be offended, you know, so you can understand what I'm trying to say. So here, Naomi, you left us. Elimelech, you went to moab and we heard you married, your sons married moabite woman. And now, Everything is gone. Now you're coming back. People start looking, you know. So if you're coming back from London to Sheffield, nobody won't watch you. <gasps> Ooh, they're back to Sheffield now. No, nobody will notice you now. But at that time, when you're coming back from Moab to, to, the, to the town of Bethlehem, people say, Naomi's back. Or, what about the, the two daughters? I saw Lee, only one. I know that the two of them already died you know she doesn't she, she doesn 't have much one you know uh, yeah that 's Ruth. look at her she 's from Moab. lots of gossips, lots of chat is going on, but this woman is coming back to her town, totally humiliated, asset destitute, no food, no family, no children to carry, and she 's walking into a town of Bethlehem when everyone is looking on her. This is the scene. What is the glimpse of hope? That was the time of harvest. Barley is coming up. So they might be able to get some food from here and there under the mercy of someone. Naomi, where are you going to stay? I don't know. Who is going to to you? I don't know. With this woman, Ruth with you, she is from Moab. That's such a tragic story. So, verse 22. So, Naomi returned and Ruth, the Moabite, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab and they came to Bethlehem. At the beginning of the barley harvest, that is the time they are entering. According to Leviticus rule, that's chapter 19, verse uh, uh, verse 9-10. When you reap the harvest of your land, this is the command from God to the people of Israel to remember the poor and needy. Naomi know this one. Ruth also know this one, because they might have remembered or read the scripture or they might have recited the scriptures, you know, so they, 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 there is a leap of hope, you know, so they decided to use, cling to the word of God and uh, step out in faith and uh, they started looking for some, uh, some, some wheat from here and there. That's Leviticus chapter 19 verse 9 to 10. When you reap, the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right up to the, right up to its edge. Neither shall you gather the gleanings after your harvest. Verse 10. And you shall not strip your vineyard bare. Neither shall you gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord your God. This is a very strict command from God. Don't mess with the poor and the needy and the widows. I have compassion for them. I'm the lord of the harvest. I'm giving you this harvest, but when I'm giving you the harvest, I'm giving you the responsibility to leave things for the poor and the needy, for the destitutes, for the people marginalized, They are not under your mercy. They are under my mercy. Because I am the Lord of the harvest. So this is my command to you. Leave that for them. So they remembered this one. In chapter 2. They decided to move forward. By trusting this word. Now Naomi chapter 1. Had a relative on her husband's side. From the clan of Elimelech. A man of standing Whose name was Boaz. And the root, the Moad, I said to Naomi, let's go to the field. Let, let me go to the field and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in, in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. So she went out and began to glean in the field behind the harvesters. And, returned, uh, uh, and turned out, she found herself working in a field, becoming to Boaz, uh, who, uh, belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Now, Boaz is there. For us, the romance is there. or oh, kind of. It's actually. It's not that romantic there, you know. This woman is going out without any hope. There is, there is no much uh, uh, hope at all. You know, she's just walking. And uh, eventually, somehow, she ended up in the land of Boaz. Was it an accident? For us, it might be an accident or so coincidence. For God, it is not an accident. It was His sovereign plan. He placed her in that place, you know, for His uh, sovereign plan. Sometimes, when we are going through tough times, we... Uh, I was, one thing I hate is a finger cross business, you know. So. I don't know. I can't agree with that one. If you use that one, forgive me, you know. So you use it. But for me, it, when you are under sovereign plan of God, there is no finger cross. Everything is perfectly placed by the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. When there is a visa delay for Jamal, uh, you know, that's God's timing. When, when when some relationships are not working out, yeah, then you will understand after a couple of years, thank goodness that didn't go well God protected me, you know God, you know, God covered me, you know, thank God, you know, sometimes we may not understand some of the circumstances we are going through, the time we are part of some of the things are not happening we think, God, why can't do a miracle into my life, I, w- I don't want to be under this, this thing anymore I want freedom, but after something Come, we can understand God was good to us. So here, it was not an accident. That was God's sovereign plan. She was there. Then verse four, boss is coming to the land and greeting the people and suddenly he saw, hmm, there's a new woman. You know, so that's verse five. They, uh, you know, so, 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 verse, so, verse five in chapter two, verse five says, Uh, Who is that woman? So let me read that one. Boaz asked the foreman of his harvesters, Whose woman, whose young woman is that? All he was saying, I can see a new woman. Check her out. That's in the original language, not in English. No, he was not doing that one. If you read the book of Ruth chapter 2, the way he responded to her was not romantic or with any sexual connotation. She was very respectful towards her. Who is she? She is nothing. She is a morbide. Childless. Husbandless. Destitute. And she's just here under his mercy. But boss. Was responding to her and the first word he was using. Can you see that? Can you find that? How did he introduce her? The first word. Can you look at your Bible and see? I'll give you the chance. My daughter. My daughter. daughter. Never met her. She's not even part of her his family. My daughter. Listen to me. You are husbandless. You are lonely now. Do you have some time with me? Honestly, he can do anything he wants with her. Because she is nothing. But the fear of God. And the way he understood how God honored And looked after the poor and the needy and the destitute. I think that shaped boss in his response to this alien, rejected, destitute woman to call her daughter. Come. And you can see that. You can stay in my field. By the way. Don't go anywhere. Why? You can be abused. You can be raped. You can be killed. You are no one in this land. Stay in this field. And again, stay with my young women, you know, with the women's side. Don't, you know, so just don't go to the men's side. They they are fine. But still, for your safety, stay with this angry and you can take, you know, just you, you can spend time here and you can take as much as you want, you know, so and he gave some instruction to the people. Don't tell her off. I'm giving the permission because you're safe in the field of Boaz. It's better to stay in the field of Jesus. He is the one giving us security. It's better to listen to him even though things are not going well. So he sheltered him. He protected him. Let me go to the uh, next slide. So that will give you a bit more uh, 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 explanation. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 18 says, you know, that's the heart of God. He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and the, la- and the f- he and loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them the food and clothing. So boss, welcoming the outcast, sheltering, defending, protecting, honoring, providing, and serving. We are living in a generation with refugees, asylum seekers, destitutes, poor, food bank is popping up here and there. Yes, according to the statistics, joblessness is coming down, but poverty is coming up. Injustice is going up. Last night uh, uh, we were watching. I, I, I am Blake. How many of you watched that watched that, uh, that movie? I am Blake. He said, Bl- "I'm I'm Daniel. I'm Daniel Blake." How many of you watch that movie? Oh, good. Yeah, it's a brilliant movie to watch. There's not much romance there, unfortunately. I'm Daniel Blake, a man. That's a real story. A man. That made me cry, you know. Usually Catherine is the one crying when we watch movies. That made me cry, you know. A man with heart disease, the GP says he can't work. But there is a system comes. Can you press the phone button? Tick. Can you look at that screen? Tick. Can you lift your arms? Tick. Can you read that book? Tick. Certificate, you are eligible to work. Go. Benefits cut. Everything is cut. And he's, he can't work. You can see the injustice in our generation now. As a church, how do we respond? Do we treat the poor and the needy as a client or service user? Or do we see them with the compassion of God and love them to our bit? Or do we uh, finish our servant heartiness with a food bank parcel? We dropped it. We send the money to Africa. You know, that's one of the ways uh, here in England. You raise the money. Look at that child. He's going to die now. The last drop of water. He's going to save him. Can you send him two pounds? We are having walkers Krishna that time. We are having a pint now. The guilt and the shame. Then we set up a standing order. Oh, I saved Africa now. Even you don't remember about the standing order going or, or not. You've done it. God's heart is not like that. He's not a standing order. Of God. His mercy endures forever. His love endures forever. His kindness endures for- forever. It's like a river. It won't come. One minute and go down. It's like a flowing. So as a Christian, I'm not saying you need to rescue everyone. It is impossible. But what is your response when you see a refugee, an asylum seeker, a benefit-lying family next to you? Let God be the judge. Don't just finish with a food bank basket. There's a heart of compassion. God is the defender of the poor and the needy and the destitute. So here in, in, here, here in Leviticus, in the I am the Lord, God. Oof. <laughs> there are prophecies from Isaiah, you know, so he says, "I am thus says the Lord." But here, after talking about the poor and the needy, he he's finishing with that. I am the Lord, the Lord. Can you hear that, Israel? This is not a wishy-washy command. This is my heart for the poor and the needy. It's good to give. But do we have a right godly attitude towards the poor and the needy and the destitute? Because He defends. Deuteronomy 10 verse 18. He defends. Who defends? God defends. We are God's church. He's, he's bright. You know, we are spotless, blameless, bought by his precious blood. He adopted and, uh, us into his family. He said, you are the salt of this world. You are the light of this world. Go, remember the poor and feed. You know, we are the shining light in the darkness. God defends the poor. So we defend the poor. In whichever way God gifted you. It could be prayer. It could be financial. It could be dropping a food bank parcel. It could be packing. It could be, it could be anything. But all I'm saying, don't just do a standing order and finish your business and thinking, I've done it. This is a attitude towards the poor. Let me move forward. How is Ruth uh, uh, 2 finishes? Let's go to Ruth 2. We yeah, are moving forward, yeah. So I can finish in time probably. And the sunshine is coming up. Yeah, it's quite a good thing also. <clears throat> Verse 23. So Ruth stayed close to the servants' girls of Boaz to glean until the barley wheat harvest were finished. And she lived with her mother-in-law. There are lots of details in Ruth chapter 2, you know, how much barley she got and the boss blessed her with the lots of stuff. Even invited her to eat with him on the table with the roasted grain. Not just giving some food parcels, invited into his table, the master's table. King Jesus invited us into his feast. You know, so there's lots of godly elements you can see in in the in the in the story of Boaz, you know, how he treated the uh, uh, the the poor and the needy. And she lived with her mother-in-law. Oh, that's it. Boaz, where are you? You know, we thought you were going to have a date going out. Lots of things, you know, just to get her know and build the relationship. Uh, But the 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 worst, Ruth 2 ends with she stayed with her mother-in-law. Chapter 3, verse 1. One day Naomi, mother-in-law said to her, My daughter, should I not try to find a home for you where you will be provided for? That's the beginning of uh, chapter 3. In ESV, the word they used is to to find rest. That means permanent home, security, rest. All she was thinking, I'm getting older now. I'm going to die somewhere soon. I can't just uh, ask this woman, Ruth, to rely on my life. If she can find someone to protect and give shelter... That would be great. That's her intention. And she's mentioning about someone called Boaz. Is not Boaz with those servants, girls, you have been a kinsman of yours? Tonight he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash and perfume yourself. And put on your best clothes. Then go down to the thresho- threshing floor. But don't let him know you are there until he was finished eating and drinking. It's quite a complicated one to preach. When he lie down, not the place where he's lying. That means don't go and lie next to someone wrong. You'll be in trouble. Make sure that that's boss. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. This is actually literally happened in that story if you read. She did that. 2017, 21st century. You can take this scripture passage with lots of sexual connotations. Oh my goodness. What kind of mother-in-law though this one. They're setting up some of the things to happen. But if you look at the history of Israel, at that context, there's nothing wrong in what she's doing. David did that. When his son passed away, after mourning, he, he did the same thing. He took a new cloth and put the perfume on He got out. All he was saying, I'm out of mourning season now. I'm no more crying. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to come out. I'm, I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to, I'm showing myself and communicating to others. That period is over. I'm stepping out. All she was communicating. Yes, my husband passed away. Lots of tragic things have happened. But now I can understand. There is a season coming. I'm no more under the morning time. you know. So I'm just uh, ready to move forward. That's the communication she's giving through her dress code. And coming under someone's feet. Is showing. I am a servant. I'm available. So that means. Kinsman, if you want to take me as your wife, I'm available. Not a single time you can see, you can, you can see, you know, so boss never asked for anything from her. Honored, respected. At the same time, she's all showing, I'm available. I'm lost. I'm under your mercy now not only this is not a random person this is boss he's a kinsman and he has the right to redeem her we will go to that one what does that really mean by kinsman redeemer let's go to uh the next slide so that's a picture of uh uh this originally taken by a photographer you know who say email me this morning what happened there it's the original version can you see the signature you know so i'm not selling that anyway Ruth chapter 3 verse 9, you know. The kinsman redeemer was responsible... Uh, uh, Ruth, Ruth chapter 10 verse What does that mean by kinsman redeemer? The kinsman redeemer, that's Leviticus chapter 25 verse, verse 20, 48. I'll just read through that one so you will get an understanding. The kinsman redeemer was responsible to buy a fellow Israelite out of slavery. He was responsible... To be the avenger of blood. To make sure the murder of the family member answered to the crime. That's in Numbers chapter 36 verse 19. Leviticus chapter 25 24. He was responsible to buy back family land that had been forfeited. You know, so it's, it's been sold out. The last one. There are lots of verses, but I'm just uh, reading the key one. Deuteronomy chapter 25 verse 5 to 10. He was responsible to carry on the family name by marrying a childless widow. This is the responsibility God gave to some family members to preserve their family. So when Ruth decided to go to Boaz. It was not out of romance or some sort of sexual feelings. Actually, she, in her mind, the, 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 the thought of redemption. In, in her mind, the thought of God's law. You know, So that's why she decided to do that one. That's why uh, uh, Naomi was encouraging to do that one. So what are the qualifications for a, a, a redeemer? If you go to that one. He got... He he must he anyone can't redeem, you know. He he might he must be a person and he might he must and he, he must have a right to redeem. Shall we say that together? Right to redeem. Wakey, wakey. Right to redeem. No, I'm not happy about that, you know. Bit more high. Right to redeem. Right to redeem. That's good, yeah. So no one can just stand up, I'll redeem her. It's impossible. The second one, the resource to redeem. That means he need a family, financials, uh, you know, background, house. You can't just randomly invite someone to say and say, I will redeem you. And the result to redeem, you know, it's the willingness to redeem. You need to have the willingness. Yes, this is a very complicated situation. I can understand that one. Without redemption, my life will be much easier. But I'm willing to step out and to redeem that person. The last thing is like the willingness to restore a person. Or restoration. That's the peace and security. That's the final point coming to conclusion. Romans 5, 6. You see, at the just right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly to redeem us. I'll come to Jesus later. So right to redeem, resource to redeem, result to redeem and you need to be restored in a place. In the New Testament we can see that. That is Jesus did for us. On Peter chapter 1 verse 18 to 20. For you were, for you know that it was not with the Perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty ways of life, handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. That's the way God redeemed us. So when you're reading the book of boss there's lots of things happening, but you need to understand, God is trying to communicate to us something deeper, more than romance, more than famine, more than food, more than uh, like a childlessness, more than that. You know, God is trying to communicate, this is my heart. I want to redeem you. I want to rescue you. No one can do that one. Because most of them, none of them have the right to redeem. No, none of them have the resource to redeem most of them they don't have the willingness to re- resolve to redeem but only i can do that there's only one redeemer lives that is god jesus you know that's job says my redeemer lives my redeemer lives in the midst of chaos in the midst of all kind of uh, things are going away christ died for our sins so here is boss and she ruth made a request Would you take me under your shelter? In here, in the opposite way. Will you marry me? Men ask women. So there, she asking, because out of desperation, out of a completely lost woman, you know, she's asking, I know you are a kinsman redeemer, and you are the clan of or family of Elimelech. I have some sort of connection to you now. Would you please redeem me? She said, he said, yeah, it was not, he he was not interested kind of things, but there was a problem. What was the problem? There was another guy in the family, better fit or more eligible than boss. Oopsie daisy. Oh, Boaz, oh, we were looking for a romantic wedding kind of things, you know, so, but you can see that Boaz going through the right path. Even though she wanted to marry her, but he was following God's footsteps in marriage, choosing a woman, you know, always trying to stay with God's plan by knowing that as long as I stick with God's plan, that is the best. In our generation, Choosing a husband is complicated. Choosing a wife is complicated. The pressure from the community, the pressure from uh, uh, peer, peer pressure kind of things you know having a girlfriend, having a boyfriend in the midst of that. my humble request you know stay with god 's plan wait for god 's plan. God will give you the best. otherwise things will be messy. God can still use that messiness to restore you, but better to be better not to be in that kind of messiness purposely if you can avoid you know, so stick with God's plan Ruth chapter 4 early in the morning Boaz decided to settle the issue meanwhile Boaz went up to this town gate and sat there when the kinsman redeemer he had mentioned came along Boaz said, come over here. So at that time, there was Costa Coffee. Otherwise, they will meet in a Costa Coffee. So they say, okay, sit on this rock probably, you know. My friend, and he sat down. So he went over and sat down. Boas took 10 of the elders of the town and sit here. And they communicated about the whole story. Not to save time, I will just to summarize that one. By the way, uh, I'm here. We have a issue with someone called Naomi. She said, "Oh, oh I know her. I know her. I know. Her. I heard he, she's back, and and she's planning to." buy her land back, or she's selling her land, all they say, okay, it might have been sold out, you know, so it's coming back to the, oh, yeah, yeah, so why not, you know, I like to have more land, you know, I have the money to do that one. It's alright, you know, so when can we do that now? Okay, we can do that one now? Okay, that's fine, you know, so where is the paper? Where, where is the, it's quite interesting, they didn't use any seal or anything, they were using chapel, uh, uh and a uh, spit, uh, to do as a mark, you know, so you, you can read that one, what actually, what actually happened there, as a agreement. Uh, they handed, changed their chapels uh, or slippers. Uh, that's the way they did the agreement in front of the elders, okay? Okay, uh, so you, you are happy to redeem uh, 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 Naomi? Yes, that's fine. And the land? Of of course, yeah. But uh, there is someone else. Oh, who is that? Uh, it's a lady called Ruth. Ruth, who is that? And, oh, oh, oh it's all right, you know, so I can have uh, one more, you know, so it's fine. But the problem is, she's from Moa. Oh, wait a minute, it's already 12 o'clock. I'm on the way to do some business, you know, so maybe uh, I'm not that interested to in this business, you know. Oh, I completely forgot about my next appointment, you know. So, uh, b- by the way, boss, if you're happy to do that one, do it. Oh, for us, that's a relief. That's a relief. For Ruth was also maybe a relief, you know. Boss, what are you doing? You are the one I asked. You are the one protected me. You are the one sheltered me. You are the one honored me. I want to be with you. But thankfully, what happened? They married. So that is the the story. Story that didn't end there. Colossians chapter 2 verse 14. How God accepted us back, blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailed it on the cross, and he accepted us. Ruth, you are a Moabite. You are a destitute. You are a poor. You are a woman full of shame. You don't have any children, you know. So you are completely lost. But boss, as a man, took that shame. Took that weight, not in a private context, in front of everyone. It's a public display of humiliation. Boss, accepting her into her family. Jesus did the same thing. We were hopeless. We were completely lost, full of sin, led a life, everything unworthy against God, living in the darkness, against to everything God commanded us, completely alienated from God. But God took our sin, not in a private setting. He demonstrated his love through dying on the cross as a public demonstration to redeem us. Whatever we did in private setting, Whatever unworthy thoughts we did, everything we did, he decided to brought us back to redeem us. He died for our sin. He nailed on the cross to make us into the family, to invite us into family. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 to 14. In him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you are sealed with him, with the Holy Spirit of of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view of redemption, God's own possession to praise of his glory. You can preach that for months from that scripture. That's huge. God redeemed us. God rescued us. And He invited God's own possession. He is owning us now. Who are we? Nothing. We are not, we were not special. We were completely lost generation. But in His mercy, He accepted us into His family. Book of Ruth is ending in a very dramatic way. They had a child now. and the child' genealogy is very interesting. I'll come back to this one if I get time. Let's go to this one. So Ruth married Boaz, and they had a child Obed. and Jesse, and Jesse son is David. And David's son in the genealogy is King Jesus. Ruth, a Moabite, an outcast into the genealogy of Jesus. This is God. God's taking our story for His bigger plan and purpose. Not because Ruth was special, He made us special. He invited us into this feast. He redeemed us. So don't take our salvation for granted. When we see this one, let's that turn provoke us to worship him. God, who am I? But in your mercy, you accepted us into your family. If you look, if you go back to the, to the, to the, the previous one, you can see in uh, Matthew chapter one, the genealogy of Jesus, you know, there was a, uh, Tamar was there, there was a Rahab there, there's a Ruth there, there is a Bersheba was there. None of them were Jews and all failed their DBS. But God used these non-Jewish women, part of His sovereign plan. And you are part of that plan now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are destined for his glorious coming. He chose. And he accepted us into his family. Let me finish with the last slide. So I thought rather than uh, using my own words, I just adopted John Piper's super two courts, you know. <clears throat> This book of Ruth. Taken as a whole, the story of Ruth is one of the, those things. It was written to us, encouragement and hope that all the perplexing turn is our lives are going somewhere good. They are, they do not lead off a cliff. In that, in all that setbacks of our lives as believers, God is plotting for our joy. God is not just showing up after the trouble and cleaning it up. He is plotting the course and managing the trouble with a far-reaching purpose for our good and for the glory of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. When you're going through tough times, when you're going through, you're stuck. When you're feeling, why? You can always remember, my Redeemer lives. My God's plan is amazing. He never fails. I'm safe in Him. I'm secure in Him because I didn't buy myself. He redeemed me. He rescued me. He saved me. Let that provoke us to worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords rather than worrying about the Wi-Fi signal.